We should be very careful about artificial intelligence. We are summoning the demon. Today on the Babylon Singularity podcast interview sessions, we've got brother Francis McDonald, star of the great Canadian North, singer, songwriter, storyteller, lover of nature, but more importantly, lover of Jesus. Stay tuned. Inspiring faith in Christ and anchoring hope in the age to come. This is the Babylon Singularity Podcast with Peter Hurdle. Hello. Brother Francis. Peter, how you doing? Well, hey, brother. I appreciate you taking the call this morning and uh, taking an hour of your time to uh, kind of share your heart and uh, get to know you a little bit. Um, so thank you for coming on. I know I know a lot of folks, you know, track with you, have been tracking with you for a long time. I've been tracking with you probably for the last, whatever, three or four years. And the consistency that you've had um, on, on a couple of different fronts, you know, first and foremost, the gospel, telling the good news of Jesus, pointing people to him, but then also your passion for singing, songwriting, creating your heart for, it, it seems to me that a lot of times you're kind of just bragging kind of where you live and like how much more beautiful where you live is than where I live. I live in Kansas City. It's never been accused of being beautiful. So when I see these pictures that you post of, it's Nova Scotia, right? That's where you're from? That's right. Cape Breton Island, Nova Scotia, in the uh, northern part of uh, Nova Scotia. Um, uh, yeah, I, I do brag on a lot. I have um, I have a, a Twitter dedicated to f- photographs from Cape Breton. It's at Photo Cape Breton. But uh, you've, um, one of the most beautiful parts of the world, and uh, with the various seasons and, the, and, and just tremendous variety of landscape that we have here. And I uh, just want to say, too, uh, I'm honored to be on your program, uh, Peter. I've been uh tracking with you as well when you first uh, uh when i when you first started up uh, babylon singularity and i thought mm, that's a great idea because i think christians need to be uh tracking these trends no, i appreciate that thank you I, I do uh i have valued highly your your support and encouragement uh, over the years so it is uh it's an honor to be on with you and, and just uh, finally kind of hear your voice i knew i knew you were going to kind of sound scottish <laughs> oh, <laughs> but is that yeah, is that is that just to that Scottish descent? Yep. Okay. Yeah. And I, I do want to. I, I do want to touch a little bit on on your last name, because I mean, you know, I mean, we're from America, so so we think when we think you know McDonald, we're thinking hamburgers and French fries, but uh, mm-hmm. but that is a that is a, a last name with a rich history and tradition. Um, but, but is that, but is, is the accent, but that accent, is that particular to the area of Canada where do, do folks sound like, do they carry that same, same accent or is this, is this a different flavor? Well, it's going to, it's going to vary from place to place. And even in a a place as, you know, um, 
small or as big as Cape Breton, um, it'll vary from community to community. Uh, not as much now as it used to as the world becomes more um, influences come from everywhere now, right? right? But uh, going back uh, a generation or two generations, even a community 20 miles away would have a little different um, accent, say, you okay. know, or local there's local so dialect. different different but, flavors yeah so when you know i was like okay brother francis i know i know he's got this scottish uh scottish heritage i i know he's gonna he's gonna reflect it in in the way the way he sounds um so this is this is fantastic i want because i've seen so many of the pictures that you've posted from that area of the world and it is so gorgeous up there it is absolutely beautiful it, it's it's kind of embarrassing how much more beautiful your part of the world is than than my part of the world so you're like right on the coast there right is this is this like a is this a, a big like fishing um part of the world is it what what's happening in that that part of canada there traditional uh, traditionally it, uh, when it was uh, settled many years ago um yes fishing farming um the go-to industry for many years, going back to, oh, I don't even know how far back in the early 1900s, was uh, coal mining. Okay. And uh, there was a steel production plant in the the biggest city on Cape Breton Island, um, the, the city of Sydney. S-Y-D-N-E-Y as, as opposed to S-I-D-N-E-Y. Okay. So this is a, this is a pretty blue-collar part of the world. Yeah, and... and um, very rural, mm-hmm. um, you know, like um, a lot of small towns. Okay, so quiet. I'm I'm guessing tough. I'm guessing hockey's probably a big deal out there. Yes, uh, definitely for sure, <laughs> all across Canada. But just as yeah. just as big here, and uh, uh, Cape Breton too is also known for scenery. It's also known for uh, tremendous um, music that, and art that comes out of here as well. And of course that ties in with the scenery and the beauty, which inspires people that are creative anyway. So, yeah. And, and is the, is your, your part of the world there is, is there a strong tie to a, some sort of a, like a Scottish settlement or is, is oh, it yes. just well, a mix? There, yeah. There's just people of all nationalities have, have come here through the, through the years, through the decades and through the centuries. Um, but a very strong Scottish, Irish, French, Acadian, uh, and the Aboriginal people, the Mi'kmaq. Uh, but over the years, like uh, like in the town I live in, Inverness, there uh, were a whole community of Belgian people that came here to work in the mines, Polish people that came to work in the mines, actually from all over. In the little town I live in now, I don't even know what the population is. It's not that great. It's grown in the last few years because they've established two major golf courses here where the okay. mines used to be. Okay. So we have more people coming in. But back in the day, it, it was very, um, yeah, people from everywhere. It was quite, quite interesting, and, and I'm involved in the history of the town, too. And and it, it almost it almost feels like in you know in that part of the world where you are it's 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 uh, kind of out in the country it's quiet it's it's blue collar it's almost like the the people there are very in touch with the land on 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 which they live 
and it, the the beauty of the land actually inspires, like you said, this uh, kind of a native creativity in storytelling, songwriting, and it just stirs something deep within that comes to the surface in these different expressions. So, so it's, it's just an, it's an interesting, I just comment on that, like growing up there, your connection actually with the beauty of the land. And because even if you think about mining, fishing, farming, all of those livelihoods, those are directly connected to the land, right? Like now in the, in the big cities, we've, we've removed ourselves a few steps away from the land, most of our lives now are lived on a you know a digital plane where we're largely disconnected, and is it any wonder that now there's a there's a uh, lack of depth in the creative process, the storytelling, because we've actually removed ourselves from basically the the story that creation is telling. But you're in, in the part of the world where it's so beautiful. It's that you know, and the the land is so rich that it just continues to to you know manifest in these these bif- different ways. Tell us a little bit, kind of about your story growing up. How did you, how did you come to know Jesus? What what's your story in Jesus? And then how did that translate into your calling as a storyteller and, and as a songwriter? Well, you um, you summed it up nicely as far as the land and all that goes. I mean, you nailed it. I couldn't say it better myself. But uh, I was uh, raised in a in, in a in a stable, loving home. My uh, dad was uh, in the armed forces, the Canadian armed forces. He was for many years a professional piper. He traveled far and wide with the Canadian Black Watch pipes and drums. What? Hold and, on, hold on, uh, hold on. Now, wait a second. Like a like a bag piper? Yes. yes. You play the bag? Yeah. Your dad played play the, the- <laughs> I love yeah. that. That's amazing. Wow. Okay, so the 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 Scottish tradition is real. The the heritage as a musician, that's in your DNA. Oh, definitely. Like when we grew up, I, I don't ever recall a time of, of there not being music in her house, as well as my dad, who was very talented playing the pipes. He was a singer, a songwriter. He played traditional Cape Breton fiddling, which is very popular throughout the world now. And my mom, um, she grew up in, they were both from this small little town of Inverness where I now live. And she was raised uh, in a musical family and her family were musical. And she would accompany my father on the piano when he played tunes. So that's all part and parcel of, uh, my upbringing and uh, that's 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 the good part of it uh um we were a very staunch roman catholic family um and uh it it, may sound strange to some people but it what it did for me on the spiritual plane uh, peter is it gave me an awareness from a very early age that there was a god and there was um he issued commands and uh, there was disobedience, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That was always in the back of my mind, even as a child. Uh, uh, when you were spoiled, I had to remember, I didn't memorize the Ten Commandments when I was a kid. I, I remember this so well. And uh, I, God certainly used that to, uh, to stir my conscience to think about him and to think about right and wrong. I can remember lying in bed as a kid 
and I would be thinking of God, and I would think, okay, God, God exists, but who was there before God? And I would lie in bed thinking about this and saying, well, he always was. And it would just kind of, I'd have to stop thinking about it because it would just, how could someone always be? <laughs> yeah. And so those, those kind of thoughts, even as a kid, were running through my mind. So I, I think, um, and of course, when I grew older and left home, I did the things everybody else did. I wanted to, you know, I'm free. I can do anything I want. So I sure. went headlong into sin. and But God drew me back. Okay. And so was that was that kind of through your high school and your college years? Yeah, well, actually, after I left home, I left home, I think I was 18 years old, and I went to the city. I think I had 40 bucks in my pocket. It was a different time, Peter. Uh, and I went there with no particular plan. And, and uh, just, what was the, uh, what city I wanted was it? To, uh, I wanted to partake of the world and everything it had. Sure. So, so where, you, you headed out to what, Toronto? No, Halifax, ah, um, okay. Nova Scotia. That's on the mainland, and uh, you might have heard of Halifax, yeah. quite known, well-known city. And I headed there, and I ended up going, taking a course. But I went headlong into. It. Now I don't. If I want to drink, I can drink. If, sure. if, if I want to, you know, wine, women, and song. And it, I wasn't long on that road before I was spiraling down pretty bad. Okay, and so did you have a guitar in hand, and and were you? Were you using your musical talents at time that time, or were you just just trying to make a living and, and get after it? Well, between parties, yes. No, I, I played in a couple of bands. Um, never, never really stopped playing music at all. That was always a big part of it. But of course, it was a big part of the revelry too. Right, the, sure. The music and the and yeah. playing an instrument opens a lot of doors in the. Uh, we'll say sinful round. Sure, sure. The la- the ladies liked the guy with the guitar. Um, what now you got to give us you, now that, you know, this is, you know, we all, we, we realize this is all before you came to the Lord and, and you repented and the Lord forgave you. So we're not, we're not celebrating your sinful past, but you got to give us a couple of the band names that you were in. Oh my. Uh, one name was, um, the Drover Lads. I have a, I had a cousin. <laughs> Drover, I had a cousin Drover in Australia. And the Drover Lads. They were, I had a cousin in Australia, and they have the sheep herders are called Drovers. Ah. So we took that name. Uh, another one was Shanaki. Oh, uh, I like that and one. I, you know what? Even I'll have to go look up the meaning of that. But it's, <laughs> it's uh, um, I believe, Irish Gaelic. Okay. But uh, that was one of the names, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so, so you, you uh, kind of another you, another band I was in was named after Locke, Locke Maben, and uh, you people used to say with luck maybe, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but so so wow. that was all part of uh, sure. of um, my youth. So you uh, you kind of you did the prodigal. You 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 ran off as uh, as as far as you could, but then something Absolutely. deep in you, I'm guess I'm just assuming started. So what, what, where did that start, and, and what was it that uh, led you to the Lord? Well, early on, when I was, um, my, my dad was in the Army, and we were living in Halifax. This is before we moved to Cape Breton, and then I moved back to Halifax when I left home. Um, we were living in in, uh, in Halifax, and I had become, and my brother as well, had become very interested in a cult. I don't know if you ever heard of the Worldwide Church of God. I think they go by a different name, Tomorrow's World or something. Yeah, it's I think called so. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
Herbert W. Armstrong. And I remember I was oh, 12, 13, 14 years old. And I remember we wrote, we used to listen to them on the, used to listen to him on the radio, Herbert W. Armstrong. And we ordered the materials. They had Bible study materials, but it was definitely a cult. It had some truth, but the funny thing is, even when I uh, studied that material, I felt something was missing. Like they were, he was telling you things about the kingdom of God, and uh, but of course it was the twelve tribe, the lost twelve tribes, and all that stuff. Okay. But, um, yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it fascinated me, but I felt there was something missing. And and what what it's it's funny when you kind of um, you know do a, pull apart the anatomy of a of a cult and what was it in your heart was it the was it the fascination of um of of the the concepts he was using what was what was the draw if you could if you could put it in cuz i think a lot of folks even even if they're like listening and maybe being drawn into a cult like uh, situation like if you could go back in in time and talk to yourself before you kind of started getting involved and and tip yourself off about some of the things you should have been looking for but you weren't looking for, what what would you say? Well, the draw, and, and this would even go back to when I was a child. The draw was <clears throat> thoughts of eternity, thoughts of a creator God. I had absolutely no doubt that there was a God and that that He created everything. And that he was moral, that the, that there was right and wrong, and the other the other big draw and 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 really was a huge part of my conversion was a concern for the future. Where where am I going? What am I here for? Uh, what lies beyond this life? Since a kid, I thought about those questions, and I um, that particular cult talked much about Bible prophecy. So even as uh, an unsaved person. I was really drawn in by, well, you know, what's going to happen? What, you know, like what, what does God have planned for the, the universe? Sure. So they, they, they offered, so it drew me in. Yeah. They offered, they offered some, uh, some answers to your questions that at, satisfied you at some level and kind of brought you back for more and kind of deeper. Cause that, that's the thing about a cult. It seems like, you know, there's there's like these escalating circles that you have to kind of, you know, walk through um, and they, they draw you on, on a certain level. But then there's a there's just this escalating um, commitment to what they're teaching, what they're about until you're finally, you know, in the inner sanctum. And, you know, and, 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 and the, the cult guy wants to, you know, sleep with your wife and take all your, take all your bank account, you know what I mean? But they, they don't, yeah, don't yeah. they don't start with that. You know, that's not, that's not no. the, that's not the opening, you know, proposition. The, the first proposition they give you is, Hey, uh, you know, you're going to die and, uh, there's crazy things that are going to happen here. Here are some answers for you to kind of lure you in. Um, what, what advice would you give your younger self to avoid that kind of a scenario? Well, um, as, as you know, I believe so strongly in the sovereignty and providence of God. Um, he, he's the Lord. He's, he's on the throne. Yeah. So just to take it in a little different direction than you, than a person might think in 1982, January 21st, 1982, I'm an old guy. 
uh, just like Fred. <laughs> and uh, it, the, the Lord saved me on January 21st, 1982. I can remember just like yesterday. The thing is, and shortly after that, around the same time, my brother, who was in another part of Canada, was coming to the Lord as well in a very much the same way because it, we are, our, our, our tracks, the, we tracked kind of the same way. But what's interesting is after God saved me uh, and my brother, my brother had commented, we were talking about being involved in this cult, but have, having come to know the Lord and the Lord showing us that it was false. But my brother said, you know what? He said, uh, Frank, he said, um, Satan takes a calculated risk when he even toys around with attracting you through a cult, because there was a lot of scripture presented in this cult. And you see, God's word speaks on its own. It stands on its own. So even the scripture that we were exposed to in that cult, God used. Mm. Even going back to uh, when I was a member of the Roman Catholic Church, God used his word. Yeah. Not not so yeah. much this, uh, a religious system or, uh, uh, you know, their their framework, but the word of God cuts to the heart. And God can use any part of his word. And as my brother said, Satan takes a calculated risk when he uses scripture because God can turn that around and cut to the heart and yeah, intervene that's, that's and interesting. save a person. That's interesting because, you know, we, I think I think that's actually a really helpful direction to kind of take the conversation because what it boils down to is what is what is your heart after right like what are you what is the thing that's in you what is it longing for and and you know a, a cult may present scriptural truth in order to lure you in deeper into the inner sanctum. But if what you want is actually the truth of the word rather than the kind of the scaffolding framework that they build around it, you're going to be drawn to the truth. And at some point, there's going to be a fork in the road where you're going to have to go, wait, the Bible says this and you're saying that I'm going to go with the word of God, not over what you're telling me. And so, you know, they that's actually pretty a profound concept to, to think that like, wow, God was actually speaking to you through his word, even through these crazy cult people. And it was the th- it was plucking the, the heartstrings that wouldn't actually fall into the trappings of a cult, but was really about the, the, the truth of his word and actually presented a fork in the road for you because you weren't you weren't interested in the cult framework. You were interested in the word of God. That's exactly right. And and the key behind it is that the whole thing is, and I'm going to refer to this, I, I wear it out, I know, but we cannot recognize the sovereignty of God enough. He, he The fact that what, what you just said, that is the work of God. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. His word goes forth and he says it will not come back void. Now, people often say, well, that's salvation, and it is, but it's also judgment. What God decrees will come to pass. Um, in and of ourselves, our default position is one of rebellion towards God. Um, you, you, I'm sure you've heard the, the term many times, total depravity. And, and that just means, this, it's not a means that we're as bad as we could be, or we act out as bad as we could be. But in essence, our very heart are, is in rebellion against God. So in order for that rebe- for that to be broken, God has to move. God has to sovereignly move 
to draw you to himself. Jesus said in John 6, no man can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. Right. So, yeah. again. Amen. So, 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 so God, tell us, how did, that, yeah. how did that work out in your life? How did it, wh- wh- what uh, signaled the shift where you were, where you went from like, I'm interested in scriptural truth to a revelation of Jesus. When, when did, when did Jesus make himself real to you? I was around, um, I, I can trace it back to, to within, uh, well, and again, I believe God had, I know he did have his hand on my, my life, my heart, the whole, my whole existence. But uh, a couple of years before 1980, say 1980, 81, I remember one night I was watching a hockey game and I was really drunk. And uh, and this commercial came on about uh, world vision and starving children. And uh, even in my stupor, I was, God brought conviction to my heart. Why am I sitting here uh, living it up while uh, children are starving all over the world. So I think, again, this idea of justice and, and right and wrong. And then a little later on, um, it, as I continued to stew my brain in alcohol and drugs to try and uh, escape any uh, kind of uh, conviction from my conscience, um, the Lord just kept uh, um, impressing upon me the judgment was coming, judgment was coming, judgment was coming. And then my thoughts started to return to what's going to happen in the world. What, what, what does Bible prophecy say, you know? Mm-hmm. So I start reverting back to that cult that I had been involved in or was studying 10 years earlier. And uh, conviction of sin. On the day that the Lord saved me, I went to a skating rink one day, one morning, and I got up and I said, I'm going to go for a skate. I told my wife, I had gotten married by this time. I told my wife, I'm going to go for a skate. And when I was at the rink, I, I saw this guy and I thought I knew him. And I went over and started talking to him. And he happened to be a Baptist minister. And he told, uh, I got talking about uh, what was coming upon the earth, according to this cult's view. And he said, do you mind if I come to your house and show you a chart of what's going to happen in the in the end times? So I said, man, come on. I said, yeah. So he, a couple of days later, he showed up with a Bible uh, chart uh, on, on Bible prophecy, and he explained to me from the scriptures the kind of dispensational view. And uh, my wife and I were just fascinated. And he gave a, a Bible to me and one to my wife, and, and he left, and uh, he was praying for us. And within two weeks, I was in the bathroom of my apartment. I was on my knees. I was clinging to the side of the bathtub, and I was convinced. I may as well have been at the the bar room of God, at the judgment bar. I was crying. I knew I was damned. I knew it. I'm damned. I'm damned. The book of Revelation is my portion. And I was terrified. So I called up my friend. Phone rang once. He was sitting by the phone. He came, explained the gospel to me again, and by God's grace, I received Christ. So that's kind of my testimony and it was um it was all god it yeah. was all god it was just I, I can't even put it in words he he struck me down it's like paul on the road to damascus he smacked me up the side of the head down into the dirt and thank god that he did uh, mm. because he did it out of love yeah praise god wow what a what a story what what a beautiful thing uh the redemption of the gospel and what it does in a in a human heart and how it 
the the power of God to transform a life. It's a uh, it's, definitely it's and, and, and conversions are different. Some people sure. don't have that kind of a emotional or or very dramatic. Right. But God knows what each person needed, and I I needed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, to your point, there's a lot, a lot of folks out there, some very um, solid, precious saints all over the world, who you know they 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 made a, a decision so early on to to follow Jesus that they can't even remember. Like I don't know, I was three, you know, and uh, and the Lord has a, has His story in their lives playing out. Um, and so they, it comes in so many shapes and sizes, but every time it does, it's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. So thanks for, for sharing your testimony. Praise God. Um, well, that's, uh, that's really, that's really amazing. So you're born again, you have the spirit of God in you all of a sudden you're on mission, right? Like you're like, you're here for God. Now you're not just looking to hit the next bar and the next skating rink or do your own thing. You are wanting to do the will of God in your life. What does that, what does that look like in the, in the early years? Are you, are, are you, are you energized for, for songwriting or does this, does this take a minute? No, immediately uh, my brother and I um, who had played in bands together and that, and my brother's, he's just a, a fabulous musician, amazing talent. And we began writing Christian songs like right off of that. Wow. Right away. But I would say this though, <clears throat> the next step after conversion, <clears throat> one word, sanctification. And in many ways, and this needs to be said, I think it really needs to be said on my part anyway, that when I, when God saved me, life became more difficult, much more difficult in many ways than it was before I was saved. I didn't have the lostness. I didn't have the the emptiness inside. But boy, oh boy, there's the weaning of self. That that's the refining. Yeah. Oh boy. And, 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 um, and, and you got that. You got that now. all solved, right? It, 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 it's it? not over yet. I'm telling you. <laughs> but God, but God is doing the work, and it it takes yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. No, that is that is real. There there is something to be said about when Jesus says. If you want to follow me, take up your cross every day, right? Like you, we, we like to think, oh, we, we got to say, oh, you know, Brother Francis, he, he came to the Lord. Boom, it's done. It's a done deal. And uh, you're saying, no, uh, that, that my salvation was secured in that moment. I am, I am his forever and ever. However, that was just the beginning of the journey. And this journey it does not go maybe as you would have expected it would go. Absolutely. And and again, I think God gives you many outstanding or notable providences and things when you're first saved to give you that, uh, that assurance and, and to reassure you. But as you grow and, and trials come, um, I, there was so much of self and still is, that has to be crucified, that has to be done away with, that has to be died to the flesh. The flesh is still there and we're not going to be delivered from it until glorification, which is when you pass on from this life into heaven or, the, or when the Lord comes and gets us. So that struggle continues, but yeah. thank God, he, God is patient and he, he doesn't mind 
so many years for you to grow up. So I can say there was a period of time, like I went through clinical depression, anxiety attacks. Uh, I thought I was losing my mind. Uh, um, I, 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 a period of time that I was backslidden. I, I was questioning God and, 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 and I, you know, times where I said, am I even a Christian? But even through all that now, and especially looking back now that I'm older, I can see God had, had his hand in that. He's, he's going to wean us off ourselves one way or the other. It's yeah. going to happen. And if he didn't do it and left you in habitual sin, that would be evidence that you're not even regenerated. So, you know, it's the, it, God chastens those, those whom he loves. Yeah. And uh, I, I I walked away from him. It must have been a couple of years. I was like really rebellious and really bitter, but he drew me back. And I think the reason he, well, I know the reason he drew me back was because I was one of his sheep. And the only reason I'm one of his sheep is because he chose me by yeah. his grace. Yeah. Praise God. So, so you're not, you're not like a, you're not like on the, on the Calvinist Arminian scale, you kind of lean Arminian, right? No, no, not at all. Um, not, no, not at all. That was and, a and joke. That was a, that was a theological yeah, was just, joke have... for those who are paying attention. Uh, oh, no. okay, no, okay. Yeah, I'm, yeah, sorry, no. I'm sorry. I'm uh, sorry. So I'm taking you in, real serious. In, in, uh, uh, in my mind, that was funny. Okay, in my mind, I thought oh, that was, that okay, was funny sorry, right? because so... no, no, you're coming. You're coming across very, uh, no, very along the reform tradition, absolutely, which. That's the way I lean as well. So, you, so you're definitely definitely preaching to the choir. But uh, yeah, yeah, and, uh, and it's not I even. It. I said to someone the other day, it's not even Luther and Calvin. It's not Reformed Arminian. The the question comes down to in all these issues. Yeah, and and I will beat that drum because it needs to be beaten. Where God is glorified, but the question here's what it comes down to. They can take all the labels, put them aside, whatever. What does the Scripture say? What does the scripture say? Right. Does, you know, yeah, and sure. that's where we want to find ourselves. Are we yeah. in accord with the word? Yes. And whatever label you want to put on it, I thought it was kind of exciting because I started discovering some of the things I hardly ever heard of Calvin or Luther. Yeah. And later on, I discovered that some of the things I that I had come to believe were things that they were preaching. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, it's, it's a whole. Fair, right? It's a. It's a. It's a whole. Yeah, world of different. And 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 uh, yeah. And I don't want to get into the. I don't want to get into the. the no, neither, neither do I. And, and I'm it. like, you know, I'm not. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm not trying to convince people into any camp. That's not sure. what I'm about. Yeah, right. And it's it's it like you said, it's a matter of aligning with with the Word of God and preaching the truth of Scripture. When we encounter God's eternal Word, we come up against a God that does not change. And so the so we that the you're you're struck with a moment of decision where you have to say, okay, God, this is what you say. You're not going to change your mind. The only one who's going to be changing their mind around here is me. And so I have to decide, like, if it's offensive to me or something. Like, there's a lot, a lot of stuff in the, in the Bible that str- strikes us a little funny, if not just straight out offensive. And we don't want to hear it, you know. Um, but there is, you know, a call to submission to the word of God, aligning with what it says. And that goes, you know, and, and, and God knows exactly how to apply his word individually to every single person's life. So, and, and that the process of sanctification, like you said, does, doesn't end on this side. Um, and so we are in 
an ever-changing, or at least we should be, leveling up of sanctification, becoming more and more like Jesus. So anybody who wants to complain, uh, you know, want to, want to, you know, argue that they are fully aligned with the Bible, um, you know, God may have a different perspective for you. Um, and, and he may be able to apply his word in such ways that just really offend us. And we have to just say, yes, Lord, if this is what you say, then let it be to me according to your word. That, and that, that's an excellent word because if you think of scripture, what is scripture <clears throat> to us? It's encouragement. It's um, instruction. It's rebuke. It's, it's uh, all, the, all those things and more, um, but you're yeah. right. <clears throat> when, when the word confronts us, we have to bow the knee. That's why we live in an age that is postmodern, post-Christian, really, and um, certitude is is despised. The fact that you can even say that you're certain about something makes you a bigot in today's world. Mm -hmm. But God's word stands solid. It doesn't change. I think it was uh, the late, great Keith Green said um, in one of his songs, he said, sure, times have changed, but still God warns you shall not take a life. I think he was referring to abortion. Mm -hmm. So God's word doesn't change. And you're right. We we don't bend the word to us. That's what heretics do. That's what apostates do. Right. The word we we conform to the word by the power of the Holy Spirit, but it, through the Scriptures. Amen. All right. Well, let's 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 turn our attention now to your approach. Like to to I want to get into your you know um, gifting and calling as a I would I would sum it up as a storyteller. Like you're you're telling a story. Um, and you're doing, you're using different mediums to tell that story. You're probably primarily writing music or poems or short stories or novels or whatever, whatever, uh, you know, message you're, you're bringing. It's just, it's, it's interesting to think of my brother up in Nova Scotia, um, listen, like reverberating with the story that creation is telling of our great creator, the story that the, the Bible reveals plainly f for all humanity. And here you are with a guitar in your hand, with a pen in your hands, and, and you're, 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 you're telling that story. You're, you're along with creation, declaring the glory of God um, in, in song, in story. What is, how do you, what, what Give us, give us an in, uh, just a glimpse into the, the the creative process for you. What does it look like when the seed drops, it germinates, it turns into a passion, and it ends up in in the in the format of a song or or a short story or a poem? Well, uh, you're, you're right. The natural beauty, um, the creation of God, and I remember even writing a. In, in high school, writing poems about the beauty of creation. Again, going back to that knowledge that there is a God, there is a creator, there's a right and wrong. And so the, you're right that you have the natural world that God has created. And what is creation? It's a finger pointing to the creator. It's a, it's a giant finger pointing to God. And to take that a little bit in a little, little different direction, I like to, as I did way back when, I like to watch current events. I like to track what's going on in the world and see where it lines up with God's word. 
And there's no area of life that the Bible doesn't address. So if you take any contemporary subject, and uh, you can use that as an entry point for God's perspective on it, whether it's music, whether it's drugs, whether it's relationships, whether it's, uh, you know, the quest for meaning of life, whatever. All these are avenues and opportunities that people have interest in these areas um, that you can tap into. So a lot of the times what I do is I just absorb over the years and, and, and currently um, current events, things that happen, and then I try to tie that into some of my songs that I write to give a, um, a perspective that would make people maybe think about the scriptures, to maybe think about, okay, what's beyond this life? Do you, do you, if, it's a great success for some um, if they can even get to a point where they'll start questioning why they're here. And sometimes that's the seed that will God will use to get them on that track. So, again, I will write songs that talk about um, judgment and, and uh, the beauty of creation, but then what the vanity of everything without God, without Christ. So I try and use those tactics as well. And I, I think I sent you a song there last night, mm-hmm. one I had written. It's called Boys from Memphis, song about Elvis Presley, trying to take a compassionate look. Because you know how everybody says, yeah, thank you, thank you very much. And everybody makes fun of Elvis, <laughs> right, right? right? But it really struck me one day. He's, he was a soul. He was a person that God created and God loved. He's become a character. His life at the end was like pathetic. It was He was going around in capes, singing material. And, and the man was, he was destitute spiritually, mm. in my opinion. And I remember in a press conference when he was making a comeback tour, he said, I can't live up to the expectations people have of me. And, you know, it just it really hit me when he said that. In other words, people hold me up as a God, but I'm not God. Hmm. But but he tried to be God. And I think self-destruction became because of that. So like so I wrote the song with a more compassionate look at him saying, like, when you were young, you heard the gospel. You were in a Pentecostal church. You sang, you, you recorded gospel albums, but you're, you're totally a wreck and empty at the end of your life. So not, and I didn't want to gloss over his choices either because he made, he made choices. So, you know, maybe it's, that's kind of a modern parable for the Western world in America and Canada. Yeah. We were one time, uh, had solid ties to scripture and to the Judeo Christian ethic. And we've just wandered away and, Gone down the the wrong path. Anyway, I don't yeah. want so to take wait a second. Wait a second. You, you, you get my drift. You, you, well, I, I, I just want to know: are you are you saying are you saying America's like Fat Elvis right now? Uh, well, we're 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 like a we're like going down the wrong road. You know, uh, in some ways, I think he could be analogy for uh, for uh, going down the wrong road. I got a smoke alarm going off here. Okay, oh, there we oh, go. Is that it. what it was? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I Sorry about that. I heard something yeah. that I was like, is that me or you? Okay. Everybody, everything's okay. But in anyway, there? coming coming back to Elvis as an example, it's just like he had everything, but he had nothing. And and I it just convicted me that he was a person. Yeah. He was a soul. Yeah. And so you wanted to, it, it, so you saw the story that, the world was telling of Elvis and there was a, a certain perspective, a certain take. And, 
and you wanted to highlight like, Hey, there's, there's a, there's something bigger going on here that if we pay attention to, we might actually, um, actually be touched at a, at a, at a deeper heart level, um, of actually the tragedy that unfolded in an, uh, extremely talented man, um, who, you know, potentially could have done so much more for God. Um, and just, I mean, just living in, in fullness and freedom, um, and fulfilling everything that God's called him to, but he made, you know, choices. He took a certain path that ended in a, a really kind of a sad, um, destructive, um, like oh, basically just just watching it, the 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 man be hollowed out, and and then he actually became kind of a, a cartoonish character that we just kind of make jokes about and and uh, impersonate in Las Vegas. Um, but but you want to just say, you want actually want to you actually wanted to shift that story. You wanted to say, hey hey guys, don't settle for that. There's something bigger that if you if you listen, um, you could actually learn something from from Elvis's life. Absolutely, and that's so well said, Peter. I couldn't say that better myself. I'll just read one stanza of the song. Here it is. Do you ever think about this? Is addressing Calvis, uh, Elvis. Do you ever think about when you were just a boy? The choir sang those gospel songs. Recall the love and joy. Just two roads to choose from, going separate ways. The truth, it seems so near then, is it near today? So, yes, a call for us. Really, it, it's more of a personal call. I see a parallel as a nation, but a nation until they're made up of individuals. So mm-hmm. it's really a personal call to think about your eternal destiny. And as far as Elvis goes, I am not judging. He, he may very well have believed uh, and who am I to say that he sure. was not trusting the Lord at the end? Sure. So I, I, I can't make that judgment. Um, I read the other day that uh, the thieves on the cross, uh, one represented uh, the last minute there was still hope, and and the other one that cursed the Lord, continued cursing the Lord, said, "Don't presume." One present, one represents presumption, the other presents hope. So I thought that was yeah. interesting. It, so as, yeah. as far as his eternal destiny, I, I pray I see him. Yeah, no, someday. yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. It's interesting. the The Lord does seem to be highlighting that um, presumption, um, you know, because I, I was actually just reading in uh, Romans chapter two this morning about do you, you know Paul says, "Do you presume upon the kindness?" Of God, do you not realize that it's His kindness that leads you to to repentance? This kindness is not to be presumed upon. The kindness is to bring us to repentance, to um, align with His word, to do His will, to forsake our own way, to to take up our cross, crucify the flesh, and follow Him. Not sim- not to be taken lightly, to be presumed upon, to be like, oh, of course, I checked. You know, I may, you know, a lot of folks I think think they've checked the salvation box, and God's saying, right, you have not repented from your sin. 
do not like and so there's a there's a there's a there's a call to take god's kindness seriously not presumptively and and actually repent and follow jesus for all your worth and that that's uh it's just it's there's something there's something there that's just god's been kind of repeating that refrain um, to me again, so it's probably because I'm probably presuming on his kindness. The Lord have mercy on me, but it's it's just an interesting that you you bring it up again because you know I've 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 been hearing that again and again. It's just yeah, that's a kind of a, a fascinating conceptual idea of the of the two thieves on the cross. Yeah, yes, and and that's excellent insight, Peter. And that scripture fits perfectly. And even as Christians, we can presume on God, and that's sinful, right? Because we're we're, we're to do what we God calls us to do, but not presume on him. And I'm sure that we have to repent of that. But um, I, I, I sometimes say, especially if I know a person or they're a friend, I know them well enough. I remember saying to someone one time that they, that tragedy had happened where a friend of theirs, uh, 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 their child had died in an accident. And this person was saying to me, well, where, where was God? Where was God? Where was God? And then I reminded that individual that they were in a couple of really bad scrapes that God, that they were spared. I said, well, he was probably in the same place he was when you didn't perish. Mm. So like, I, I, you know, like a, I, God's, he, God's not a fair weather friend that you can just like, uh, he's there for when you need him. But then when you, when everything's going good, like, you know, the, let's party on, you know? Right. So like, again, that idea of presuming. So I, th- I think that I bring that into, into our art, bring that into our stories, bring that into our songs as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, warn, you know, it's a terrible thing to fall into the, the hands of what's the scripture there where to fall in the hands of God, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the kindness of you know, Paul remarks on the kindness and severity of God. Um, exactly. Yeah. And, and, uh, and yeah, God is, he doesn't, he doesn't play around. He, it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Well, um, we're, yeah, we're going to kind of wrap this, wrap this up here in the next, the next few minutes. Um, very insightful to, to get a sense of your testimony, uh, in the Lord, get a sense of the part of the world you live in and, and what that means in terms of uh, your the creative process and, and who God's called you to be, where he's placed you in this world, and the stories you tell, how you have, you know, you you want to tell the God story. You you hear the world telling its story from its perspective, and, and people are thinking about things maybe on a, on a lower level, and you want to you kind of grab that story and tell the story in a in in its larger context in the in the the context of redemptive uh history the 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 context of God's love and and uh you've you've you're it's phenomenal to listen to watch um to to see cuz I I know this is a this is a kind of a continual passion and process for you you're not done you're not done writing you're not done singing songs uh this is this is who you are well, it, it, it's long as far as long as God wills it. Uh, you know, like we'll write a song or we'll do this or that today and tomorrow if if God, God wills. wills sure. And I often say that, really, truly, it is uh, um, where our, our times are 
our days, our seconds are in his hands, so we want to use them wisely, that's yeah. for sure. Amen. But I think even during this time of the last couple of years with the the major event that's going on and continues to go on, I hear people saying, you know, I, I, I'll be glad when this passes and things go back to normal. And I'm quite bold nowadays, and I tell people, she ain't going back to normal. And normal is just like the simple normal, I think, you know, and and it's not. Um God's patience is, you know, he's patient, but there comes an appointed time. So I tell people this is nothing compared to what's coming. And then again, try and use it as an opportunity to provoke them to say, well, what do you mean? And I've had people ask me, what do you mean? And then I'll start talking about the unfolding of um, future events and how the groundwork is being laid and everything's being set up for what's to come. So biblical knowledge on prophecy and those Things that are yet to come is really, really, really important. We're we're waiting and we're watching, and we waiting, watching, and hopefully warning others to flee the wrath to come. Amen. Wow, I uh, I, I I wasn't expecting uh, the turn there, but uh, appropriate to to end with the end. Um, and uh, so so just uh, I just want to just take a minute and just kind of reiterate. Um, your heart and what you're, what you're saying there is the things that you're seeing in the world um, pretend, portend a, um, a, a biblical scenario laid out in the prophetic scriptures. The Bible talks about the end times. It talks about, prophesies about a period of time um, surrounding when Jesus will return to the earth specifically in portions of the, the book of Daniel um, and maybe more specifically in the book of Revelation and the things that will be happening on the earth. And then everyone has a role to play. Everyone will choose um, what direction they'll, they'll have, like Elvis or whoever, you have to decide what road are you going to take. And uh, your life, Francis, your storytelling, your songwriting, um, proclaims a God who will redeem you, save you, set you on a rock um, if we will walk by faith, if we will trust in him um, and let our lives take the shape of his choosing and not our, our own. Um, he will lead us through these times ahead. He's faithful He's as faithful today as he as he was when he created the heavens and the earth. He's as he'll be as faithful in the days ahead as he ever was. He doesn't change. His name is on the line. He calls us his people. He shed his blood for us. He's given us his spirit and he sustains us with his word. And he's the almighty sovereign God. Um, but the question then becomes: what is our response? to God's plan. Are we going to get on board with him or are we going to follow the course of this world? Because the pull and the power and seduction of this world isn't getting less. It's increasing. It's escalating. The call and the the, the general social agreement in unity of where this world wants to go 
is is going to intensify. And so the call to the Word of God, to a life of prayer, trusting and relying fully on Jesus Christ, is more as important, yea, more important today than it has ever been in, in, in history. And that's what we're setting our hearts to. That's what we're setting our minds to. This is how this is why we're telling the stories. This is why we're on this podcast today. I couldn't agree more. And, and beyond what's going on currently, it seems like this um, um, pandemic has made it's become the be all and the end all to the exclusion of everything else. But uh, again, I will often share with people, look, um, whether it's pandemic or you're hit by a Mack truck, you know, when you're, when it's time to enter eternity, you're going to go in, in eternity, out into eternity. And in any case, no matter the means or the method, where's what you're standing with God. Amen. Amen. Well, that is uh, a fan. I think a fantastic way to kind of wind down the show. Um, are I'm sure you probably had one or two things maybe you had in the back of your mind that you wanted to make sure I want to I want to leave space for any kind of parting remarks you might might have wanted to to put out there to to folks who have been tracking with you out on on Twitter and other places. I would just say that um, the Christian life is. It's 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 um, it's not easy, but the joy that Christ brings is something that you cannot experience anywhere else. Everybody is longing in their heart of hearts for a reason to exist and to fulfill a purpose, and only Christ can meet that need. He's the only one that can forgive us of our sins, redeem us, regenerate us, sanctify us and give us a glorious future. And to the Christians that are listening, I'd say just persevere. And as you said, our God's unchangeable. Trust him in these final days and look for every opportunity to share Jesus. Amen. 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 So if folks wanted to kind of track uh, closer with you, we we know you're on uh, Twitter. Give us your Twitter handle real quick. Yes, uh, at Frankie McDonald. That's it on Twitter at Frankie McDonald. My name is Francis, but I some people call me Frank Frankie. I just did that for I think abbreviation purposes. Okay, and then but, uh, uh, do you have uh, a yeah. do you have a website or other other places where people can go? Oh man, we I love your your music, your writing. Where else can they find you? Yeah, uh, I have a blog, and I really have to get updating it so this will be a good uh, encouragement to do that it's um if you go to go just go to any search engine google or whatever and type lamps burning blog three words lamps burning blog there i, st- I have, my, have my, my testimony and uh what i need to do is get some music and other stuff up there i wrote a few articles so you can go there and uh again that's something that i can can work on i also have a lamps burning youtube page uh, which I need to start uploading <laughs> material to. Fantastic. So this is, this is, what you're doing too is a great encouragement to me because uh, the, the production that you have there is just amazing. And uh, we have these tools at our disposal. So we, we should use them like you are doing. Uh, I'm, I'm doing my best. I'm trying to up my game here a little bit. Um, I, and I just, oh, you're doing, you're doing fantastic. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I, I know, I know a lot of uh, folks on Twitter really, appreciate your ministry, appreciate you as, um, 
just as a as a as a person who you are on twitter is just like because you're you're kind of a fascinating uh mixture of uh just a really deep heart uh you the 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 depth of your heart uh, seems to just come through again and again and then the just where god has placed you your message how you bring that message and then the heart behind it um i, I know you're very encouraging i know i know twitter's a, a really strange place where you know you're just like it is. is 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 anybody listening you know like one day you're a rock star the next day you're a, you're a nobody and you're just like this this place is crazy but uh <laughs> but uh i just know that uh that i know even though folks may not tell you you're you're a huge blessing you're a huge encouragement keep doing what you're doing let's do it all the way till we see jesus return um, or we're uh, giving giving each other big big hugs on the other side. So I uh, just want to say appreciate you. And then just just the just the last question. This is just for me. Like if if you're if you're playing hockey, what position are you playing? When I played hockey um, as a young as a youth, I started off as a goalie. But boy, did I ever suck! Uh, but, <laughs> just a sieve. So, so a little a later sieve. on, I shifted to I shifted to center or wing, and my skating improved, and I actually did pretty good. So okay, I would so you're a forward, mostly center, mostly center. center. Yeah, okay, forward, all yeah. right, okay, all right, all right. So you're kind of like a two way guy. <laughs> Look, I can even send you a video of me thirty years ago scoring a goal. You yeah, know? There you go. Yeah, no, post it on Twitter. I'll I'll uh, retweet it and uh, I'll post this interview. Brother Francis, th- well, thanks yeah, for I record everything. I have a hundred hours of chicken tap dancing. I mean, you know. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, appreciate you, brother. Like I said, I got a little bit of a twisted sense of humor, but anyway, that, that's, uh, that's good, good too, stuff. you know. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, it's good stuff. Brother Francis, thanks for coming on today. It's been a it's been a real pleasure to uh, to chat. Well, with you. Peter, it's been a, an honor. Thank you very much, and uh, and um, all the people on Twitter there too. Like, I, it's such an encouragement. There's so many people on there that are like minded or that encourage you. You know. Yeah, yeah, it is absolutely it is really, really wonderful. All right, will you enjoy the rest oh. of your Saturday? Thanks for coming on, and maybe uh, we can do this again at uh, some point in the months ahead. Well, yes, and if I and like I said, uh, you, you 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 really inspire me, and I've uh, I've been thinking of starting my own blog, and if I do, I'll I'll be I'll be knocking on your door to uh, um, do I'll take a call and do the same thing, you're brother doing. Francis. Absolutely, all right, brother. Enjoy your okay. day. Thank you. We'll chat later. Okay, brother. God Thank you so much. God bless you. That concludes this episode of the Babylon Singularity Podcast. We hope this podcast was a blessing to you. This podcast is listener-supported. Prayerfully consider visiting BabylonSingularity.com to support this effort. What we do, we do together. We appreciate every way you support this ministry. Please click on the subscribe button and leave us a review. Thank you for listening and we sincerely hope you join us next time on the Babylon Singularity Podcast. Babylon Singularity is a gospel ministry of Harvest Winds.